Uh, they would probably say with their mouths that, that Christmas is about celebrating Christ, about, about celebrating the fact that Christ was born 2,000 years ago. But I think when it really comes down to it, for most children and teenagers, what they get most excited about during Christmas is two things. Time off school and gifts. Am I right in that? That, that typically, if you're a child or a teenager, you may like time with family. You may like the food. You may, may like the songs. You may like a variety of other things. But it's the time off school and the gifts that make Christmas particularly special. I mean, that's definitely the way it was for me as I was growing up. Uh, Christmas for me was my favorite day of the entire year. And when I examined why was it my favorite day, I don't think it was just because of the family, not just because of the sentimentality of Christmas. I think it was largely because of the gifts. You see, I was incredibly excited about receiving the gifts of Christmas. So excited, in fact, that I rarely slept past 4 or 4.30 in the morning on Christmas morning. 4.30 would be an amazing amount of sleeping in for me on Christmas morning. One, one year I actually woke up at 1.30 a.m. and didn't go back to sleep. And year after year, I knew that this was going to be my, my practice. I didn't want to get up that early. That's just what happened. And so I began packing what you could call a Christmas survival kit for Christmas morning. Now, I began packing this kit uh, about one week before Christmas, just assembling the necessary items to make it through that long morning, waiting till 6.20 or 6.30 when I, when I could wake up my parents and open the gifts. And this, this survival kit wasn't in a box like this. Instead, it was in a dresser drawer in my bedroom. Um, but let me tell you four of the essential items that are contained in any sort of Christmas survival kit if you're planning to get up early one morning. One thing you need is food. And I always made sure I had a good supply of food uh, for those long hours waiting to open gifts. Typically it was crackers like wheat thins or triscuits or stuff like that, maybe some Ritz crackers. Another thing when I was younger, you need some toys. So, so you have to pack the toys. As I got older, the little toy uh, front-end loaders or bulldozers didn't really do it for me. So you have to pack some reading material. But these are literally things I would put in my dresser drawer in preparation for those hours waiting until 6.20 or 6.30 came in order to wake my parents up and open gifts. But there was one other item that was maybe more essential for me than any of these other items. That was a flashlight. Now, lest you get the wrong idea, my parents allowed us to turn on uh, the lights in our bedroom and stuff. But what this was for was to see the Christmas gifts. Because my bedroom was on the second floor of our house. The Christmas gifts in our living room were on the first floor. But there was a little opening where you could see down into the living room, but it's middle of the night. The sun's not up at 1.30 or 2.30 or 4.30. So I have to use a light source to aid my ability to see the Christmas, uh, Christmas gifts down there. So I'd use a flashlight, shine it down in there. I wasn't able to go down there, but my parents didn't mind if I shined a light down there just to see the outline of the gifts. That's just a little picture of how excited I got for the gifts at Christmas. And I think even though most of you um, children and teenagers may not be quite as crazy as I was in getting up that early, you probably share a similar excitement about the gifts and the time off school for Christmas. Now, as we get a little bit older, there are other things that oftentimes characterize why we appreciate Christmas so much. It may be things like time with family, uh, the special tradition, seeing a silent night to close out a Christmas Eve service. Uh, maybe, maybe it is remembering Christ. But for many people, as we get older into our 20s, 30s, on up after that, one word characterizes Christmas for most of us. That word is busy. 
Because whether we like it or not, it seems like our schedules get crowded and overcrowded with so much stuff we have to do that it feels like we're obligated to do during Christmas time. I mean, you have the, the church activities, you have the Christmas parties, you have the family gatherings, you have the school activities, the Christmas concerts, and you definitely have to fit in the shopping somewhere as well. And you probably have some other things, your own personal Christmas, Christmas traditions as well. It's amazing how busy Christmas season can be. And it leaves us at the end of that Christmas season oftentimes just feeling frazzled and stressed out and weary, just glad it's over and that we're able to move on into the new year. Now, one other perspective that oftentimes comes into people's lives around Christmas time is a feeling of sadness. Uh, it's amazing how Christmas time spurs on the feelings of sadness or grief, uh, especially over the loss of loved ones during the last year or some previous year. I think that if, if it hasn't happened to you already, it probably will at some point where Christmas spurs on those feelings of grief and sadness. It can be a very dreaded time of year um, because of the memories it spurs. Christmas brings on a variety of different perspectives for different people. But the question is, where does Jesus fit in all of this? I mean, Christmas means so many different things. Does Jesus fit somewhere in that puzzle of what Christmas has become to us? During the month of December here at Freedom's Church, we've been going through a series called Keeping the X in Xmas. And it's all about how we keep Christ the focus of our Christmas celebration. Now, if you aren't familiar with the series, you may be thinking, well, X in Xmas isn't actually taking, trying to take Christ out of Christmas. And it is true that there are political movements today who, that really do try to take Christ out of any sort of holiday celebration during this month. But if you look historically... X and Xmas is actually just simply an abbreviation for Christ, dating all the way back to the first century. Uh, in Greek, which was the common language in the time of Jesus, the name of Christ was Christos. Now you see on the screen behind me, it began with a letter that looks like an X. It's actually the Greek letter key, but it looks like an X. And so down through the years, dating from within a few decades of the time of Christ, this X or this key was used as a symbol for Christ. And then about 900 years ago, it jumped over into the English language, and so when you hear Xmas, even though people may want to use it differently, it's actually just a, a shorthand way of saying Christmas. So as a church, we've been focusing on how can we keep Christ at the center of our Christmas celebrations, especially amidst all the distractions that, that can pull the focus of even the most well-meaning Christian off of Christ. And so as we're looking at this topic this evening, I want to ask the question, not, not so much what is all of our perspective of what Christmas should be about, but what is Jesus' perspective of how we ought to celebrate Christmas? How does Jesus want to be honored? How does Jesus want to be celebrated? Because for all the different ways that we can celebrate Christmas, I think that Jesus' opinion really matters most of all since what we are ultimately celebrating is his birth. And tonight I want to give us two keys that can help us keep Christ at the very center of our Christmas celebration and in fact the center of our entire lives. I think that if we miss these two keys, very likely we aren't going to end up with Christ at the center of our Christmases or of our lives at all. And the first key that we're going to look at this evening is that we need to recognize that Christ came to bring us true life. Christ came to bring us true life. Um, I have a question of why was Jesus born to this world? You know, Jesus had a very uh, a special birth that, that doesn't parallel anything that's ever happened in world history. All of us, we were born into the world at some point. The very fact that we're here tonight shows that we were born. 
But none of us had any control over whether or not we were born or where we were born or when we were born. But Jesus was very different because Jesus is the eternal God who created heavens and earth and he had a choice to be born into this world. He didn't have to be, but he chose to be. So we have to ask, why was Jesus born into this world? What, what was his purpose for coming? He definitely came for a purpose, but what was that purpose? I think what Jesus' purpose is gives us a big clue into how we ought to celebrate Christmas. One of the places I looked for Jesus' purpose is what could be called his mission statement, which uh, I think a good summary of that is found in John chapter 10, verse 10. He, he gave other indications at various times of why he came to earth. But I think John 10.10 10 is a good summary when he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And, and listen, he said, I have come. He came from somewhere. He came into this world. He previously wasn't directly in this world in the human form. But then he chose to come into this world so that we might have true life. Now, Jesus didn't come out of the womb announcing this mission statement. He, he announced it a little bit later in life. But the people around Jesus' birth definitely recognized that Jesus was something amazing. I mean, think about the reaction of the angels. The angels couldn't help but just making themselves present to the people around Jesus' birth and saying, glory to God in the highest. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. The angels couldn't help but celebrate that Christ has come. Think about the shepherds. They left their flocks out in the fields. They journeyed to where Jesus was. After they saw this little baby, they couldn't help but tell others about what they had seen and to glorify God. I mean, the people around Jesus definitely recognized that, that he is something incredibly special. He came to give us true life. But the ironic thing is how he gives us life because Ultimately, Jesus was born to die. We see that in the very next verse of John chapter 10. I read John 10.10, which says, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. But John 10.11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He's using a, a metaphor here to describe himself as a shepherd. But he says the good shepherd is going to lay down his life for his sheep. And that's exactly why Jesus came. He came in order to die on our behalf. Because we all have a spiritual death penalty that we deserve because of our sins. And Christ came with a specific mission to go to the cross in order to pay the death penalty that we deserved. He bore the wrath of God so that we, through our faith in Him, wouldn't have to. And because He bore the death that we deserve, we then can have true life. We really can't understand the manger appropriately if we don't also look at the cross and why Jesus came. But Jesus did come to give us true life, eternal, everlasting life, so that we don't have to fear the grave or fear death any longer. Because when we place our faith in Christ, death and the grave can't hold us down. We'll live in eternity with God. True life also includes confident life, confident life that there is no condemnation from God when our faith is in Christ, that Christ has taken away all of the pay, payment, or he's taken away all the penalty for our sins so that we can stand in confidence before him. And we also don't have to worry about whether or not anyone loves us because God has already demonstrated through Christ that, that he does love us. It's also a meaningful life. You know, there are so many things we can invest our lives in, 
But through Jesus and through serving Him and through knowing Him, we can invest in eternity. So Jesus came to give us true life. I believe that if we want to keep Christ in the center of our Christmas celebrations, we absolutely must recognize why Jesus came. It's not enough just to be sentimental about Jesus' birth. No, we really need to understand that He came to give us life. Now, there's a second thing that I think is very important for us, one, to experience this life, but two, to keep Christ in the center of our Christmas celebrations, and that's this. That we need to respond to Christ's call to follow Him. I mean, we come back to that question of, how does Jesus want to be celebrated? A few years ago, I had the opportunity to serve as best man in one of my good friend's weddings. Uh, his name was Luke. He was a good friend in college, and he was getting married. So as the best man, though, I had a unique privilege and responsibility of planning a bachelor party for him. And I put a lot of time and effort and thought into this, thought about, okay, who needs to be invited to this? What are we going to do? In all this, I was trying to think of what would Luke really like? What would honor him? What would celebrate him? What would make him feel special? What would he appreciate the most? What I decided to do, among other things, was we went out to a steakhouse for dinner because he really likes steak. Uh, We played uh, frisbee golf because he really liked that. Uh, one of the things he really enjoys is just sitting around a bonfire with friends, um, just roasting marshmallows and just hanging out and talking. And so we did that at the end of the evening together. Now, Luke really enjoyed that because I was able to help personalize it to a, to a way that he, he values. Now, imagine what it would be like if I took Luke, instead of to a, a place for steaks, to a sushi house and then to a ballet afterwards. Now, There's nothing wrong with those things, but those things are not things that Luke really appreciates very much. I needed to find a way to to speak to him, to do things that he is really going to value and and appreciate. And I think it's the same with Christ. We have a question, does does Christ really value whether or not we set up a Christmas tree at Christmas? Does he really value that we give gifts to one another during Christmas? Does he really value even that we sing Silent Night at the closing of our Christmas Eve service. I mean, I think those are all nice things. But there's something even deeper than that that can help us to really do what Christ wants us to do in terms of celebrating and honoring Him. And that is that we would follow Him. We see this, for instance, in Mark chapter 8. In Mark 8, Jesus is talking with a lot of different people. Large crowds have come to Him. And He says to them, If anyone would come after Me, He must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? See, Jesus is saying that if you want true life, this sounds like a paradox, it doesn't sound very comfortable at times, but you really need to give up your life and instead follow Christ. And in following Christ, you find true life. There are many different things we invest our lives in in this world. Things that may seem really nice, but they may not ultimately bring life if we aren't following Christ. So what Christ calls us to is to follow Him. And in terms of how this relates to Christmas, that is a core component of why Christ came to this world in the first place. To give us life, but true life is only available as we follow Him. So to truly keep Christ at the center of our Christmas celebration, it's imperative that we set our lives on following Him. Now, you may still have a question of how do we truly receive this true life that Christ offers us? 
I mean, the first step is acknowledging, you know what? We can't get this life on our own. We, we're sinful people. We are separated from God because of our sins. Only through what Christ has done for us and through placing our faith in Him that we can experience true life. But then it's not just a one-time placing your faith in Christ. It's a, it's a matter of living a Christ-centered life that's following Him. It's not just about Christmas Eve. It's not just about going to church on Sundays. It's about a lifestyle of following Him and experiencing the true life that He offers to us. Here at Freedom's, in a couple of weeks, we're starting a new series uh, called Not a Fan. It's, it's the idea of we don't want to be mere fans of Jesus Christ. You think about being a fan of a sports team. You can be a fan of a sports team and sit at home, watch the games on TV, you may get excited about them, but, but your life oftentimes isn't completely devoted to them. Um, a fan is oftentimes simply an enthusiastic admirer of a person or of a team. But Jesus doesn't call us to be enthusiastic admirers of him. He calls us to follow him. So we're embarking on a six-week journey beginning on January 22nd on becoming fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. And I want to invite everyone, whether or not this is your church home, to consider being a part of this. Um, This applies both to people who are normally at Freedance, but especially if you live in this area and don't have another church home that you consistently are a part of, I would encourage you to consider being a part of this not a fan study. It's, it's a sermon series. It's, it's a series of small groups that go along with it to meet during the week. Um, it's a journey to go deeper in our relationship with Christ. In your bulletin, there's a connection card uh, that you'll have the opportunity to turn in in a few minutes during the offering. On that connection card, there's a box that you can mark if you'd like to receive more information about this not a fan series and more information about how you can get involved even with the group that meets during the week to go deeper in your commitment to Christ. And if you check that box and put your contact info on there, in the next couple of weeks, we'll send you some information about how you can get more involved in that if you would like. On, on that card, there's also a place where you can check if you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ and experiencing the true life that he offers. But it's very important that we recognize that Jesus didn't just come to stay in a manger. Um, imagine a year ago, almost a year ago, the Green Bay Packers were in the Super Bowl. Uh, I know for many of us here, that was a very, very exciting time. And the Packers won that Super Bowl. Imagine, though, what it would be like to be watching that Super Bowl. Uh, you have the kickoff. I mean, you have flashbulbs going crazy there at the stadium. Um, I mean, everyone's cheering. It's all exciting. Imagine after the first touchdown is scored, you turn off the game. You say, well, okay, that's good. Saw the game. Then you go on. I bet not many people would do that because it doesn't make sense to do that. Because there's an entire game left to play. The game still hangs in the balance. You don't know how it's going to turn out. There's a lot of exciting stuff left. You would not turn it off after the first series or the first touchdown. In the same way, we shouldn't turn off our focus on Christ after Christmas Eve. Because the birth of Christ is just the beginning of the story. And the end of the story doesn't even come when Christ was crucified or resurrected or ascended into heaven. The end of the story actually still hasn't come. Because remember, Christ came to give us life. Here in the 21st century, he wants us now to experience the true life that he offers. I know that his desire and my prayer for us is that each one of us will experience that true life as we follow him. Whether or not we've embarked on that journey already, this applies to all of us. Whether we've been walking with God for decade upon decade, or whether we have yet to embark on that journey. May each one of us be growing as followers of Jesus Christ. For that is why he came to this earth, to give us that true life. 
Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you so loved us, that you stepped off your heavenly throne, came here, paid the death penalty that we deserve because of our sins. God, I pray that you will help us to not just focus on the manger, but that we will also focus on the cross, focus on the resurrection, focus on what this means in our lives as well. And Lord, now as we bring back to you a portion of what you've given to us in terms of our finances and our material blessings, we pray that you will use these gifts. We want to offer them to you as an offering, symbolizing that everything we have ultimately belongs to you. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks that you offer us true life, and I pray that you will help us each to embrace that wholeheartedly. In your name, amen.